Our next guest, he'll have an opinion on this and about how it can be made better. Phil Buzz Rothfield is joining us as always on a Sunday morning. Buzz, good morning. And, well, Dino and yourself and others, they certainly created a, a, a fair bit of controversy with this Manly Pride jersey. Good morning, Buzz. Oh, good morning. Good morning, uh, Ray Bulldog. Um, uh, just a remarkable story and one uh, that I've never covered in rugby league that's been quite as emotional as, as this one. Um Extraordinary story. Look, I find it very hard to have my sort of final opinion on this until I've actually heard from the seven Manly players. All we have is hearsay at the moment that they've done this because they weren't consulted or they've done it because of their religious beliefs or they've done it for another. I want to hear... Mm. Josh Alloway or any of the other boys. And it'll give me a better, and all of us, a better understanding of why this is actually. Mm. And I think they're entitled to express their views. And and, and I really hope, I don't want the scoop. I'm happy if they put out a joint statement. But I just want to better understand from their mouths, from their words, what was the main reason why they refused to wear their jerseys because on face value I don't like it at all. And I heard Scott Penn on radio earlier in a very, very good interview. But if he thinks there is not a major split in the team, he has not read the room correctly. There is a major split. The boys, the established players who took the field and fought so bravely for that logo, for that jersey, for their club, to build on what they started in October last year, Sandhill, being flogged at training. They feel that their season has been derailed by this, and there was a lot of catch-up work to be done, and, um, look, I, I hope, for the club's sake, that can be sorted out, they can find a common ground and get on with the job of trying to make the finals over the next five weeks. Buzz, you knew about this meeting this morning. Zorba has mentioned it on air this morning. There is a player meeting uh, unfolding at uh, Narrabeen. What do you think will come of that meeting? Well, I don't know that officials are involved or if even Des Hasler is involved. But I know Des has brought in a professional mediator. So what will happen, the 17 players, or it might even be the entire 30-man squad, will meet on their own with a professional mediator to try to reach common ground. And I think what Manly is hoping and I've spoken to Des Hasler and a few other people over the weekend, I don't think they are ever, ever going to agree that what the seven players did was correct. What they want them to do with this media is get into the room, thrash it all out, and they both want both parties to have a sympathetic view of each other's stance. Mm. So what they're trying to achieve is the players are upset. They want them to sort of get a great understanding of what Josh Alloway and all the other players... And they want those players to get an understanding of what the how angry and furious 
the other boys are. And then they hope they can resume one big happy family again tomorrow and get on with the job. Five games to go. Need to win them all to make the finals. Yep, staying with I'm not mm. sure, though, guys, that this is possible. I'm not sure. How, how do you mean, Buzz? How, how do you mean? I don't think they can all of a sudden become a happy family, Ray. Mm. I, 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 I think, you know, there are deep wounds Yeah, you know, what happened. Yes. Those guys who took the field against the Roosters on Thursday night cannot comprehend, as much as they, they can wear the lack of consultation, they cannot comprehend these boys run onto Four Pines Park, sponsored by an alcohol company. They were at Sportsbet, Splash, to, and I'm not sure whether it's in the Bible, but it's a Christian belief that it's probably not a good, I think we all agree on that. It's destroyed lives, you know. Mm. Um, but it's it's an interesting one, and dog, I'll, I, I know you'll be working on it today, and I'll be, you know, really looking forward to the next instalment because, it, as I said, it starts a massive story. Yeah, it's so complex too. And a couple, a couple of our listeners of SMS, what if one of their teammates is gay? And that's a whole different issue again, and it opens it up. And I think we've only ever had Ian Roberts come out openly declare he's gay and I think everyone would be have their heads in the sand if they didn't think there were more playing at the moment Buzz. Yeah, and again that's, I, an, that's I mean, a whole different issue but it's all part of this conversation that needs to be had about inclusivity and about acceptance and about respect Yeah look the, the people at fault are the senior executives at Manly for not bringing the players into the loop much much earlier mm. and I'm not sure what solution they could have got from doing that, it would have been a lot better than the outcome we had on Thursday night. Yeah, we'll see. Buzz, I read in your column with interest today, the Sunday telly What's the Buzz column. The NRL normally releases grand final tickets for sale as early as April. This year we're in August, well, we're nearly in August, and you still can't buy one. The truth is the NRL has yet to lock down a core stadium at Sydney Olympic Park as the venue. Can yeah. you run us through that? Well, in March last year, Doug, I, I wrote on, on, on the same pages that the NRL was trying to secure funding from the state government for Penrith, Manly, Cogger at the time, now it's Cronulla, Leichhardt Oval, etc. But to do that and to get that money from the state government, they were offering 25 years of grand finals in Sydney. That was the deal. And that's a big thing for the government because it brings in tourism, fills hotels, taxis, restaurants, bars, etc. Huge for the economy. Mm. So they've had a number of meetings since, but the state government put out their annual budget, uh, Premier Dominic Perrottet, recently, and there was no funding mentioned for these suburban venues. So Peter Volandis and Andrew Rabda have a meeting with the Premier and stewardess again tomorrow and they are going to stand very, very firm on this issue. They are going to want a funding model in writing for these venues. They hope to um, to upgrade. If not, they will look at other options, and Brisbane are ready with a stack of money to come in over the top and try and get the game to Suncorp. What's the delay, Buzz? This has been going on for ages. Mm. Why, why hasn't this been Politics either rubber-stamped or taken off the table? But it seems to be sort of... 
I'd, bubbling and or bumbling along for uh, yeah, years. Without, without wanting to bore you and your, your listeners with politics, I think the government has had so much on its plate with teachers taking strike action and looking for extra money, hospitals looking for extra money, nurses threatening strikes for extra money. And I think the government has been a little bit wary of handing out basically a billion dollars to upgrade suburban grounds and the backlash it would have on the electorate um, when there's all these teachers and nurses who are, in my opinion, entitled to more money. So mm. I think that's been the hold-up. And something's got to happen. You don't want to be fighting Peter Volandis on issues like this, as everyone knows. I really hope they saw doubt and we're, we're there in the first weekend of October at Acor Stadium. Surely, surely, Buzz, but anyway. Hey, Buzz, also in today's Sunday telly, you, yourself and Crash Craddock got the exclusive with some magnificent images of Ash Barty and her wedding. And Dino raised the point earlier, is she the most popular sports person in the last 20 years? It's hard to argue there's been a more popular one. Well, 20 years, uh, Kathy Freeman was more than 20 years ago, wasn't it? The, yeah, the 400 final. Look, yeah. uh, dog, I, I think there's absolutely no argument there. Um, there's been some very popular sporting teams with the Matildas and the girls winning the World Cup cricket final at the MCG and things like that. But for an individual, I don't think there's been anyone actually. Well, Sam Kerr's huge, isn't he? But Ash just won the hearts of the entire nation. Mm. And I say, not about Ash. My goodness, it's a fantastic experience to work alongside Robert Craddock. Oh, he's a great guy, He, he? is <laughs> the professional's professional, that guy. Mm. And, but we got to tip off. Do you reckon he that. says the same? Probably not, Tom. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> we worked alongside for a very long time. <laughs> And um, we got a tip-off, and Crash is very close to the Yashbardi camp, and he turned up the story, got the photo, and it was really exciting because we hadn't worked with, you know, he's a cricket guy in the rugby league. and Great, great man, Crash Craddock. Oh, yes, and what, what a great journo we used to. Buzz had another column item uh, today. that Bozo's two great mates, Zorba. Our very own Zorba mm. and the great Ray Hadley were at Brookie on Thursday night to watch Bob's grandson, Zach, make his NRL debut. It was a lovely photo you ran. Yeah. And, of course, Zach was what I thought uh, a, a brilliant, uh, enjoyed a brilliant debut and he really got amongst it. He really did. And there's a really funny story there, dog. After the game, they were walking off and he bumped into uh, Jared Wera Hargreaves. And Hargreaves said, geez, you're along the lines of, geez, you're a bit cocky, you know, the way, you know, you were carrying on. And Zach said back to him, described him as old, but something else that I can't repeat on this radio show. <laughs> wonder so, what happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can imagine their conversation. I love the way he stood up and mm. um, to, to Hargreaves. He, He's a Fulton. He, <laughs> he sure is a Fulton. And I thought it was a lovely touch because you know how, Close bolts and Sorbo are to the Fulton family, those are in particular, and to see them there with Anne on such a proud family night, it was just fantastic. It mm. really, really was. There, they've been a rock, those two, for the family, and um, I just love seeing it. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Hey, hey, Buzz, in your column today, really interesting article. You've gone to Craig Coleman about the 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 troubles he had for player recruitment when South Sydney was reinstated in the competition all those years ago and that Craig Common saying that the Dolphins are 
are probably going to face a very, very similar issue when they eventually run in the park next year. And, and you pointed out that South had wooden spoons in three of those first five years back. Yeah, they did. Uh, look, South were readmitted midway through July 2001, so they had about six months to build a roster to uh, to compete in the 2002 Premiership. And George Piggins, who was chairman, actually hired Phil Gould as head of recruitment. And even though the Northern Eagles fell over, it was a really, really difficult job to build that side. And they came 14th to 15, uh, won five games their first year, then three wooden spoons in the next four years. So I've compared it to the Titans. The Titans had two years in 2007 to get this, in 2005 to get a... Roster ready, and they were terrific. They ran 12th, 13th, but then they made the top four two years in a row. And then we got the dog, I've had so many knockbacks. So I thought it was an important story. And I mm. actually agree with a really important quote from Tugger Coleman that story that about we already have a couple of New South Wales Cup stand sides. Look, I know the West Tigers and the Bulldogs have improved a lot, but the Warriors and Titans are awful at the moment. but I'm hoping that um, the Dolphins can uh, hire a couple of couple more good players and be competitive next year, although it'll be a struggle to make the top eight. Buzz, I wrote last week or the week before that Craig Young had stepped into the stories leaking out of the Dragons. Of course, mm. Young is the chairman down there and said, you know, yeah. we are on the prowl and we find out who it is, we won't be very happy. And you don't want Big Albert unhappy because that, Face gets very, sure does. very mean. <laughs> but you've done a little shush in the yeah. column today, saying that the dragons think they know who it is. Yeah, well, that's right. And as a uh, player who will remain nameless, um, uh, has been identified as the person who a couple of weeks ago spoke to another journalist and suggested that Anthony Griffin was off with the player group around the selection of um, uh, a few of the more senior players, like Josh McGuire, Andrew McCulloch in the team. Um, they're aware of who spoke to the journalist. They're, they have spoken to the player. They have made it very, very clear that next time, and it's something like this, there's an attempt to sabotage the roster, the, the spirit at St George, particularly when they're in a position to make the uh, top eight, it will not be tolerated. So I'll be keeping an eye on that one very closely. You mentioned St George. They play the dra- uh, the Cowboys this afternoon. It's the 4.05pm game. Uh, Buzz, the earlier game at 2 o'clock, Knights versus Bulldogs. We'll start with Knights and Bulldogs. How do you see that game this afternoon, Buzz? Well, the Bulldogs have almost been playing like a top eight club yeah. in recent weeks, haven't they? Mm. They're, they've been outstanding. So, look, I think the Bulldogs will be far too strong for the Knights. I'm tipping an upset. What price in Georgia the Wild $3 head. I'm just coming back up again, Buzz. $3 head-to-head by memory. Yeah, in the head-to-head, the Cowboys were $1.40 to beat the Dragons, who were $3. Yeah, I've got a feeling that the Cowboys have come back to the field. They're not as strong as they were prior to origin. And I think St George knows their season is on the line. They have to win or they're gone. And I think they'll lift. I think they'll win. I hope you're right. Just finally, Buzz, you enjoying the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, I am, mate. I am. I, uh, I Look, I love rugby league. So mm. I flick over at half time. I flick over after the footy. Got an interesting column part of my I've compared Friday night 
com, uh, Commonwealth uh, Games ratings to the NRL and the AFL. And I can assure you they've done very well, the Games. So, interesting story. Mm. Any comment, Tino? No, I, I don't, <laughs> please don't get me wrong. I, all I said on the show before, Buzz, was that you know, I, I just questioned some of the, the relevance around the Commonwealth Games. And personally, rather than having 50 Commonwealth Games gold medals... I would treasure six or seven Olympic medals. Less medals, but for a higher standard. You're a poor, sad person. (laughs) What about you a minute ago? You love the games, but you only flick over at half-time. Yeah, but I'll... Hardly a dedicated fan. Yeah, but as the week pans out, I'll be watching. Oh, will you just? Okay. (laughs) Who would be dirty on Australia winning a gold? I'm not dirty. You're beating this story up. Dear, dear. You're well, beating it up. I just said. Back page and tell you tomorrow why our man Dean Richie's got it. Hey, Buzz, good on you, mate. The games by Bulldog Richie. Yeah. I'm glad I got my column back. Well done. Can you spice it up? Yeah, right. Uh, Thanks, Buzzby. Hey, good on you, Buzz. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the games. We'll talk next week. See you, mate.